Lord, and glorify thy name, for thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened up. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. And so uh, what, a, what a, uh, an amazing scene that is described here. It's kind of like uh, when Solomon built the temple uh, for God in Jerusalem, and it describes that the glory of God came down, and it, the, the clouds were so thick that the, the priests could not minister in the place. Here up in heaven, uh, a similar instance is described where nobody can enter into this temple that is in heaven because of the glory and the power of God that is being manifested there. And obviously until these, this time is done. Uh, and so that is what is yet to come. And moving on, and it moves on into chapter 16. It says, I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and a grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. Now this is uh, the beginning of the seven vials, uh, bold judgments, and it says that every single person that has taken the mark of the beast... Uh, has some kind of grievous sore that comes upon their bodies. Not sure what, what it all really means, what this will be, but uh, since it's the wrath of God and described as the wrath of God, I can't imagine it's, it's going to be grievous. It's going to be uh, horrible uh, to, to bear this kind of judgment after all the, the, the wrath that God has stored up for the sins of mankind. And now... Really, it's being poured out at a, uh, a terrible level. I can't imagine what this would be like. Uh, my, the greatest or the, the best recollection that I can think of uh, to maybe even identify, and, and it, it may not even come compare to what's going to be poured out here, but you remember what uh, Satan did to Job uh, in Job 2 and 7. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord, and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto, the, unto his crown. And he took him a, a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among ashes. Now, uh, we can't even begin to imagine the, the situation that Job was in, covered from head to foot uh, with, with these boils. And, uh, uh, it, but it seems that God is returning the favor. Since uh, Satan, you struck my servant with boils, uh, now I'm going to strike you, all of your servants, with these grievous boils and grievous sores. Uh, 
And it just tells you that God never forgets and he's always going to make sure that he has his way. And uh, just reading through this part is bad enough. Is hearing about Job, the time that Job went through, and just imagining what uh, these people are going to experience. Uh, it's, it's bad enough trying to think about uh, those times, but uh, thankfully we won't have to be here to endure those kind of torments that uh, those, those are reserved for those that uh, take the mark of the beast and worship his image. So God forbid you, you miss the rapture, any of us miss the rapture, uh, be sure you don't take the mark, which uh, we obviously know that. We're, we're skeptical now of, of what's going on in the world. Uh, but um, everyone that takes the mark uh, receives uh, judgment in the last days. And verse 3, that was the first uh, vial that is poured out. Verse 3, the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it became as the blood of a dead man. And every living soul died in the sea. Every single creature in the oceans dies. Everything. And you remember that the second trumpet, we thought that was bad when the second trumpet sounded. And it said a third of the sea life was, was killed. Uh, now everything is dead. Everything that has life in the oceans is left uh, dead, no, no more uh, uh, going in the boats, no more fishing. You don't got to worry, but you don't want to get near the oceans because it's all turned to blood. No more worrying about getting bit by a shark because everything is dead. God just kills everything uh, in the oceans. And uh, as you can see how things are really stepping up to getting worse. Uh, as, as I said, the, the second trumpet, a third of the sea life died. Here, everything is dead, 100%. There's nothing left. And, and so the, the things are really starting to uh, uh, get even more uh, desolate on the earth. Verse 4, And the third angel poured out his vial upon the rivers and fountains of waters, and they became blood as well. Uh, not, not just the oceans are turned to blood, but now the fountains of waters become blood as well. Uh, this kind of goes on the back of the third trumpet because if you remember the third trumpet, it said a third of the rivers, the fresh water supply was made bitter and people died from the bitter waters, uh, bitter fresh waters. But here, now God steps it up and here every river, every stream, every creek that has fresh drinkable water now is turned to blood as well. Uh, and, and so since the wrath of God is being poured out, I believe that even, even uh, uh, wells, uh, you, you try to turn on your, your well pump, people that will have wells, um, you, you pump out that water, and I believe that will be turned to blood too. I mean, every, every fountain of water, drinking water, will be turned to blood. And so things obviously are getting really serious when the oceans are turned to blood, all the drinking waters are turned to blood. I mean, what's, where, where do you get your water from if everything is turned to blood? And, and these things are really getting bad in the latter half of the tribulation period uh, because obviously the kingdom of heaven is, is getting ready to come to the earth and these things have to come, out, have to, come to pass according to the word of God. Uh, and so 
Here at the last level, the, the bowl judgments, everything is effective. Every, 100% of things are now effective. Not just half, not just thirds of things. But now everything is impacted by the wrath of God and his judgment on this earth. And verse 5, And I heard the angel of the waters say, Thou art righteous, O Lord, which art and was and shall be, because thou hast judged thus. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and thou hast given them blood to drink, for they are worthy. So uh, here it's uh, the angel is saying, uh, we saw the, the Satan and, and the Antichrist and all the people of the earth. We, we watched them kill all the righteous people, all the saints of God, all the prophets. We watched them spill their blood. And, and so now God says, I'm, since you obviously want blood, I'm going to give you blood to drink. And it turns their fresh water supply into blood. And every drop of water is now turned to blood since they're shedding his saints' blood. He gives them blood in return. Verse 7, And I, I heard another out of the altar say, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. And, and so a voice comes from the altar uh, basically saying, you know, Good job, God. Good job, Lord. You, you are true and you're righteous. Your judgments are true and righteous. And if you remember... Uh, where this voice comes from, uh, going back to Revelation 6 and 9. When I had, he had opened up the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? That happened, obviously, uh, a few chapters ago, and uh, the saints were saying, God, when are you going to uh, avenge our blood? And we finally see that come to pass here in, in the uh, fifth uh, bowl judgment, uh, where, uh, or the, fifth, the fourth one, where God turns all their fresh water into blood. Uh, and so the time has come. God is not going to forget about his people. Uh, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. And so uh, here the, the saints of God are wondering, God, why don't you strike them right now? Why don't, you, why don't you attack them right away? You see what they've done to us. But in due time, God's will will be done, and his judgment will be released uh, upon the, 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 the heathen of the world. And so uh, that speaks to us today that no matter how long it's been since somebody has uh, crossed you or hurt you or, or, or done something to you, as long as you give it to the Lord, God will see that judgment is done. God will take care of things. But uh, what happens is we often like to step in and say, well, I'm going to fix it. I'll make them pay or I'll, I'll get them back for what they've done to me or the, how they hurt me or, or whatever. And whenever we take the vengeance in our hands, how God can't get, God, God doesn't step in because we've, we've, we've stepped in and took God's role. And I, I think that, you know, as, as, as human beings, we, we can uh, conceive some kind of vengeance or whatever. But I think that God, if we let God handle it, He'll, he'll make sure that everything is done. You know, he'll, he'll make sure that they are, uh, are taken care of and are judged according to all their deeds. Uh, and so that's why 
uh, whenever things happen, we just give it to God because God will get it. God will, he is a true and righteous judge. He doesn't let anything pass or forget anything. He'll make sure that everything, every deed is judged, every, every dot, every tittle, everything, uh, nothing escapes God. And so uh, we don't need to step in and help God out uh, because we can easily mess things up. Uh, and so just let God handle it his way, and he will see it come to pass. As we saw here, there, the judgment and the voice that comes out onto the altar, they're, they're saying, true and righteous are your judgments. And they, they feel vindicated for uh, their lives that were slain and their blood that was shed. Uh, and, and so the time has finally come uh, upon the inhabitants of the earth. And verse 8 says, the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And the men were scorched with great heat and blasphemed the name of God, which hath power over these plagues, and they repented not to give him glory. It's, it's amazing to see the stubbornness of, of mankind, uh, how all of this is being poured out, and they still... Uh, these people still will not repent and, and give God glory. If you remember the fourth trumpet, it, it talked about a third of the sun and a third of the luminaries, a third of the stars were darkened somehow. We're not, we weren't really sure how that's going to play out, but it, a third of it was darkened. But here uh, in the fourth vial uh, or fourth bowl, uh, it kind of has the opposite effect. The, the power and the heat of the sun is cranked up to uh, God only knows how hot. I mean, it's already hot down here. I mean, southwest floor, we already feel this uh, uh, tormenting heat down here. Uh, and, and we know the heat, the summer heat, uh, the August heat, we know how bad that is down here. But uh, the plague, this plague is unimaginably worse. I can't imagine how, how bad it's going to be. But... And this plague is so much worse than what we experience down here. We're, we're blessed compared to what these people are going to experience. But it's not just going to be for those that are down in southwest Florida that feel this uh, uh, horrendous heat. Not just for those that are in the, the subtropical zone, but this, this heat, this, this, this judgment is going to cover the entire earth. And even the people that are living in Alaska, if they have taken the mark, they are going to be burnt with a terrible heat that they're going to cry out for God and uh, they're going to cry out and they're, they're going to blaspheme the name of God. And they're not going to repent. They're going to be so mad at God uh, for this torment that they are experiencing and it says they're not going to repent. Uh, so this, this terrible heat wave is coming through the earth on this the fourth vial, the fourth, fourth bowl judgment. But uh, I can hear him now, uh, Al Gore, saying, I was right. Global warming is coming. And it's coming. Uh, you know, it's, it's not coming, uh, you know, according to whatever they say. And, and obviously, well, I don't know if Al Gore will be here for this heat wave or not. But we are told that there is global warming that is coming. It's called the fourth bold judgment on the earth, and it is being poured out upon this earth. And so... You know, they, whatever agenda they have, the, the whole climate change, yeah, you read Revelation, the climate is going to change drastically. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not against, uh, you know, 
we need to take care of the environment as best we can, obviously. But uh, you, you read the book of Revelation, and, and it's, it seems to me that no matter what we do, no matter what kind of, no matter how high the carbon tax is, or whatever, whatever restrictions they put on, or whatever, however many uh, polar bears we save, it doesn't look like it's really going to matter in the end. Uh, but that doesn't mean we don't take care of it. We got to do our part and you know help the environment as best we can. Uh, but ultimately, God is going to uh, pour out His judgment upon the earth, and it's gonna it's gonna mess everything up. Boy, are they gonna be upset? Uh, uh, these people, the climate change advocates are really going to be upset. Maybe those are the ones that are blaspheming the name of God and are not repenting uh, because of what is happening. Uh, and so it's going to be a terrible uh, heat wave that uh, burns people, burning them alive or to some degree. I don't know if they die. I don't know what the extent of this heat and burning is. Uh, I can imagine as many people that have heat strokes now, surely there's going to be lots of people having heat strokes then when, this, when the sun is, is cranked up and the power is, is unleashed on this earth. And so that is the fourth bold judgment uh, that is poured out. In verse 10, number 5, the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongues for pain. And so here God says, you guys like the kingdom of spiritual darkness, so why don't you get to experience some physical darkness now? And, and from what it seems like, it, it's, it's an actual physical darkness. Pitch black is, is, is covers the earth, uh, covers the, the kingdom of the beast, which technically is the whole earth, I guess. Uh, and so it says they, they nod their tongues for pain because they still, as far as we can tell, they still have these boils on their body. They still have, uh, they are still have the sunburn or maybe they're even still being scorched by the heat from the sun. Uh, we're not sure if that's still happening. I mean, obviously, we know the power of UV, and even though it's sunny outside, you can still get sunburned. Uh, you can still get burnt to a crisp. So even, uh, even if it's complete darkness, God can still allow the heat just to pour through like a, like a dark oven. Uh, and so we're not sure if all of this is still happening, if the, seat, if, if the heat is still uh, turned up or what. But we see that the lights are turned out and uh, these people are just gnawing their tongues with pain. And, and you can imagine just how... Uh, just how uh, hopeless that darkness is like you know you, you're suffering and you can see your pain and you know you see uh at least you can see it but now imagine being pitch black and you can't see anything and you just still feel the na- agonizing pain uh on your bodies they're, they're they're gnawing uh their tongues in pain uh they still have the boils and all this stuff so the people on the earth who have taken the mark of the beast are in darkness and they're feeling the effects of unbearable heat. And they're, they're gnawing and they're gnashing their, their mouths and their tongues because of all the pain. And, and what does that kind of sound like? Kind of sounds like the torments of hell. Uh, and, and everlasting torment and fire as, as we're told in, in, in Matthew 13. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend 
and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a, a furnace of fire, and there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And that is speaking of the, the eternal judgment that these people are cast into. But here, here with the bold judgments, people that are alive on the earth, the inhabitants of the earth and the, the servants of Satan, they are literally getting a preview of what is to come. Because they're, they're feeling the, the heat from the sun and they're, they're gnawing at their, their tongues and their, and, and their teeth because of the pain and the torment. And so they are being tormented here while they are on earth. And yet that is just a preview of the torment that is going to become, which is going to be even worse. Uh, because it's going to be everlasting torment. Uh, and, and so I can't imagine it's like a, a, double, a double torment. Here, while you're alive on the earth, you're, you're getting this horrendous pain, and yet that is just a little taste of what is yet to come from eternity. And so they're going to relive that moment and even worse experiences for all of eternity forever and ever. Uh, and so, you know, the, the thought of uh, uh, eternal damnation is bad enough, but uh, the wrath of God being poured out while you're still alive in this life uh, just adds to it, like man, that's it's it's a horrible, uh, horrible experience for those uh, that are here on the earth that have obviously taken the mark uh, of the beast. And in verse eleven, and these people they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores, and they repented not of their deeds. And it, you know, you just shake your head like. What what more what more do you need? Like, what's it gonna take for these people to repent? I mean, remember we're we're in the latter half of of the tribulation period. All, you remember those uh, demon demonic creatures that come out from the, the the bottomless pit and they sting and torment people for five months. And uh, we're we're nearing the end of the seven year tribulation period, and of all that is going on in the earth, all that has happened already, and even still here in the the fifth bowl judgment, still people are, are their hearts are so hardened against God, they're still blaspheming His name, and they're they're still not repenting of their of their deeds, and it's just uh, uh, what at this point there's no hope. I mean, they're obviously not going to repent. They're obviously not going to turn from their ways, and I don't even know if it's even possible at this point for them uh, to be saved. But we 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 see uh, they're 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 made up their minds. They're not going to do it. Their hearts are hardened so much that they refuse to repent of their sins, because that's that's how far Satan has brought them. Every person that has the mark of the beast is now furious at God and. Their hatred towards him is just overflowing in their lives, and they, uh, they can't stand God, which really is all part of God's plan. Because God has, remember his sharp sickle that is ready, ready to, to sift and strike the earth and harvest all the tares in the earth. And, and so it, it's going to make it really easy for God uh, if their hatred for God gathers them all together and say, we're all, we're all going to unite against uh, God, against the people of God. And, and what they're going to do with their hatred towards God is, since obviously they can't attack God, uh, if they could, they would try. Uh, that's, how, that's how foolish uh, man has, has become. Uh, 
uh, that their wrath against him, if they could attack him, they would. Since they can't really attack God, what are they going to do? They're going to turn their, uh, their wrath towards the people of God, uh, towards the nation of Israel. And, but uh, it's interesting to see, as we're going to see here, that as they're going to unite in their hatred towards God and they're going to direct it towards the nation of Israel, uh, God actually makes a way for them to all gather in, in Israel. To all gather at Jerusalem. It's, uh, you have to see that it's all part of God's plan. Because the next uh, vial, the next bowl, uh, in verse 12, the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And so here, uh, the people of the earth are just furious at God, and the the next thing, God says, oh, let me dry up this river so that you can march right into Israel, march right into Jerusalem. Uh, and so looking at this, you have to understand, you have to know that this is all part of God's plan. Uh, it, it's kind of funny to see him just kind of roll, roll out the red carpet for all these people to, to make their way. And they're prepared for Armageddon. God says, I, I'm going to make it easy for the armies of the world to gather at my doorstep because I want them all there because why I'm getting ready to judge and reap the earth of the harvest. And verse 13, I, I saw uh, three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, which obviously is Satan, out of the mouth of the beast, which is the Antichrist, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Uh, for they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth and, the whole and of the whole world to gather them to battle of that great day of God Almighty. And so here, uh, uh, these, these devils are released, uh, come out of the mouth of, the, of Satan and, and the Antichrist. And what does it say? It goes forth and gathers the kings of the earth and the whole world to gather them to battle. Now, I don't see here that America, their draft card is not pulled up. It seems that all the kings of the earth and the whole world is being gathered for battle, and I would assume that that includes America as well. How can you gather the whole world but yet and America not be involved? Uh, and so no matter... it. it it seems to me that the whole world, when the Bible says the whole world, that means the whole world. And all the kings of the earth, that would mean the president of the United States. At that time, uh, obviously the, de the demons are going to go and whatever they do, whatever miracles, signs, and wonders they do to, to get everybody to rile up and, and to, ch to charge and to gather uh, at Armageddon for the battle against Israel. And... Uh, verse 15, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Now, I, I know that we know that phrase, uh, coming as a thief in the night, and, and we use that in, in reference to the rapture. Uh, but here, the rapture obviously has already taken place. Uh, so this is referring to Jesus' second coming. Uh, that these armies are gathering together, and I don't think that they really have any clue what's getting ready to happen. 
They're just so eat up in their own minds. Uh, their pride, they're so uh, full of pride, and they think that they're going to destroy Israel and, and, and show God, uh, you know, what they think of him. And I don't think they have any clue that Jesus Christ is actually coming back to the earth. Uh, but he says, I'm coming as a thief, meaning I'm going to show up, and these guys aren't even going to realize it when I'm coming. I'm just going to appear, and they're, they're going to come. He's going to come when they least expect it. In verse 16, and he gathered them together into a place called the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Uh, and so here the, the moment of truth is all the armies, the nations of the world are get, being gathered together uh, at this time. And I heard it said that uh, Napoleon Bonaparte, the, the great uh, military general uh, of his day, uh, he was over there in uh, the Valley of uh, Medigedo, or, or whatever you say that, where the Battle of Armageddon is going to take place. And, and he says that uh, this is like the perfect battle scene. Now, Napoleon Bonaparte, uh, a military general, says this is the perfect battle scene. You got to understand that God had all that played out. Like, this is, this is where it's going down. And so he uh, gathered them in a place called Armageddon. Uh, verse 17, and the seventh angel poured out his vial into the air, and there came a great voice out of the temple of heaven from the throne saying, it is done. And so this is coming to the end of, of God's wrath being poured out upon the earth. It is done. Uh, so this is it, the, the moment of triumph, that everything is set in place, everyone is in place all the armies of the world have gathered around Israel, and it's time for me to come and to sift my enemies. It's time for me to come and judge this earth and establish my kingdom uh, upon the earth. In verse 18, and there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, such as was not since men were upon the earth, and so mighty an earthquake and so great. So the greatest earthquake that this world has ever experienced is going to happen right here. In verse 19, and the great city was divided into three parts. Great city referring to Jerusalem. Is the, Jerusalem is divided by this great earthquake. And, and what causes this great earthquake? Well, that is the actual physical return of Jesus Christ. When he, when he comes uh, to the earth and he, he steps down on the earth, uh, a massive earthquake takes place. And we see this play out. Uh, Revelation 19, uh, musicians, if you can come. Revelation 19, and, and I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And his eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven, you and I, were, were followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite all the nations." And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth upon the winepress of his, the fierceness and the wrath of the Almighty God. 
And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so this is the moment uh, as, as the seventh vow says it, it is done, it is finished. Uh, God is, Jesus is coming to the earth. Uh, we know that uh, the eastern st- sky is split and here we come with him. And Zechariah 14 captures this moment when Jesus actually comes uh, to the earth. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations, all nations, every single nation, against Jerusalem to battle, as we had just read here. Uh, And the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half of the city shall go forth into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the, the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst of thereof. It's going to break in half toward the east and toward the west. And there shall be a great valley and half of the mountain shall remove towards the north, and half of it uh, toward the south. Now, that parallels with that great earthquake that, that happens. That's really when, the, when Jesus comes to the earth, and he steps down on the Mount of Olives, and boom. Uh, the earthquake, the greatest earthquake that this world has ever experienced is when Jesus steps his foot upon uh, Mount, the Mount of Olives and everything, just everything in this world changes because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has finally arrived on this earth and he's coming back to fight uh, in this last battle uh, in, the, in the battle of Armageddon. And, and we saw verse 19, the great city was divided into three parts. The cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. You stand with me tonight. So here, the greatest earthquake that this world has yet to experience. Everyone talks about the, the, the great one, the big one that is going to happen in, uh, you know, the Santa Fe fault line or, or wherever that is in, in uh, California, that California is going to break off and become an island to itself. It needs to hurry up and happen, in my opinion. But uh, as big as that one's going to be, there's coming even a greater earthquake, and that is when Jesus Christ steps his foot on this earth. And so here Jesus just landed on the earth, and the earth could not handle his power. The earth could not handle the power that Jesus holds, and the greatest earthquake ever rearranged the entire earth's terrain. Jerusalem is split. Cities of the nations fall. That sounds like every city on the planet was toppled to the ground because of this earthquake. All because Jesus' foot touched the Mount of Olives. And every island, it says, disappears. And, And the mountains were not found anymore. Mountains just disappeared. Mount Everest is not found anymore. 
29,000 feet tall. And all, when Jesus arrives, they can't find Mount Everest. Mount Fuji or Mount St. Helens or Mount Rushmore. Whatever mountain that you want to name is no more. No more to be found. It has disappeared. Uh, all, all because Jesus Christ shows up. And if Jesus has that much power then, he still has that same power today. Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. And if the earth will shake and tremble then, why should we fear now with whatever the enemy tries to throw at us? What do we, what do we have to be afraid of? If God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can stand against our God. Our giants that we face now is not greater than Jesus Christ. Our mountain that we're facing now that we think is impassable, that we know the power that Jesus has, that when he shows up, mountains just disappear. Uh, and our sicknesses will not be able to stand in his presence because our God is greater and our God is able, and he holds all the power in heaven and earth in his hand, and that's who we worship. That's the God that we serve, and we see his power power being played out here in the end times, but uh, rest assured, he still has that power today. And so we don't need to fear. We don't need to worry or we don't need to fret or worry about uh, what we face in this life. God has all power in heaven and earth. Verse 21, there fell upon men uh, a great hail out of heaven. Every stone about the weight of a talent. They say that this is about a uh, hundred pounds. And so now out of heaven comes hailstones that are a hundred pounds each. And we, we, see, we see the damage that golf ball size hail does. It just, it just falls, it just destroys cars, destroys everything. Can you imagine 100 pound hailstones uh, are falling out of heaven? And, and so whatever the earthquake did not destroy, here comes 100-pound hailstones just going to rain upon the earth and, and destroy and crush whatever's left. And still, we see verse 21, And men blasphemed God because of the plague of hail, for the plague thereof was exceedingly great. The last, the last thing that happens uh, before Jesus, uh, as he comes to this earth, uh, and still there are people here on the earth that are blaspheming God, they're, they're not repenting uh, of, of their sins, and so guess what? The only thing left is judgment. When, that, when God's sharp sickle comes uh, and, and, and strikes the earth, and, and we read about that, the, the, what happens, uh, the blood of the wine press, remember, four feet high and up to 200 miles wide. Uh, uh, that's what happens. Why? Because they're not repenting. God, God's grace is there, but you got, you got to repent. We got to, we got to repent. That's what His grace and mercy is. Gives us the space to, to repent and turn from our ways. Uh, but still, uh, here in these last days, people do not repent, and so the only thing that left is, is judgment and, and the battle of Armageddon. Uh, I'm thankful for the grace of God in our lives where we don't have to experience the judgment of God, that we get to ex escape the wrath to come, but I'm gonna, I want to make sure that I stay 
humble that I still continue to seek the face of God and, and to worship his name and to magnify him because he truly is great and greatly to be praised. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we see him coming to this earth, but we don't got to wait for that time. We're going to worship him now. We're going to lift up the king right now. Not when he, not, We don't got to wait for seven years to come to pass. We're going to lift up the name of Jesus, and we're going to do that tonight as we close out in song and worship, that we thank him for what he's done and what he's going to do, that no matter what we're going through, no matter the pain and the hardship, our God is greater than that. We're going to lift him up tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus, because he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are worthy, Jesus. You are worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You are holy, For your grace and your mercy. Lord. You are holy, Lord. We know that nothing can stand against us. When you are on our side, God, praise, so we humble holy. ourselves, Lord, that you are you there. Are holy, you are holy, Lord. Are Lord. You are holy, Hallelujah. There is none holy but you, Jesus. Worthy, worthy, worthy. of honor you are worthy, and Jesus. praise. You are holy, Lord. You are holy. Him one more time. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. 
the name that is above every name. Hallelujah, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. We're not going to let the rocks cry out in our place. And we're going to magnify you while we have the chance, while we have the opportunity, God, because you are worthy, Jesus, not just for what you've done for us, but for who you are. But there is none holy but you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It's, it's sad to see all that has to take place, but... As wicked as this world is, God has to pour out his wrath upon it if he wants uh, his kingdom to be here on this earth. And uh, obviously we'll get into it. But as much as, remember, there's, there's really nothing left in the earth. The oceans are blood. The rivers are blood. Mountains and islands are gone. Uh, there's destruction. Earthquakes destroyed everything. Uh, and you, you would think that the earth is basically without form and void. Uh, and, and so Jesus is going to come back and establish his uh, kingdom here. But uh, he has creative power. And he, he says he's going to uh, bring in a new heaven and a new earth. And he has the power to do that. And so as much destruction and things has happened here, God, this is not going to be the end. This is going to be just the beginning of what God has in store for his people. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful to be a part of the, of the house of God, of the family of God, of uh, because we get to uh, be on the, the right side, the side of victory. Amen. We don't get to experience these harsh judgments that are being poured out. And uh, that alone we give God praise and glory, right, for his mercy. Because we, we know that, hey, we were sinners. We, uh, we don't deserve this. But by his love and his grace and mercy, we get to escape this. So thanks be to God for that. Amen. Man, God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name.